0: Hey guys, in this episode, I discussed the reason why I always talk about continuing to date your partner. We discussed the difference between love and having a lover. Both are important, both are part of your relationship, and both need to be in the spotlight. Love is a word we throw out with different meanings. We say we love to grill steak, but then we say I love you. And yet, both statements are true. Love is showing care. Love is providing. A lover is someone we desire, we long for them, and we are curious about them. Being in love and having a lover are both points of amazing connection in your relationship. In addition to the importance of connection, I provide some psychoeducation surrounding the prediction of a divorce or a breakup. Research shows that a lack of dating or a lack of solid connection negatively impacts our relationships. For our present, for our future, and surprisingly, even our past. But how? You can learn more about feeding your positive connections, learn about a predictor of divorce, and more. So stay tuned. You are tuned in to the Couples Workshop podcast where we focus on actionable tools that you can start applying to your relationship. the time. And if I had to give one piece of advice to couples out there, it is this. You need to keep dating your partner, okay? And I know you tell me, okay, we've been together 10 years or 20 or 50, or, you know, I married this person to have the commitment and strength that doesn't come with dating, that we've moved past that. Okay, cool. Those are... (laughs) Awesome accomplishments. I'm not negating that awesome fact that you have built this connection, this relationship with this person. And I still stand by my piece of advice. But why? Why do I tell you to date your partner? Why is this a common solution in my online content? Let's pick my brain about it. Before we delve into the content, I want you to picture your relationship not the last argument you had. Instead, I want you to think about your first. Why don't we start from the very beginning? Let's think about how the two of you met and got together. Do you remember the time you met for the first time? Really think about it. Picture them. Was there anything about your partner that made him or her stand out? What were your first impressions? Did they make you laugh? Did they make you smile? Were you embarrassed? Did you blush? Did you get butterflies? Maybe it was just a random circumstance and you had a little spark grow. Does your heart or chest feel different right now? Okay, what about before you were in a committed relationship with each other? What do you remember of this period? What were some of the highlights? What types of things did you do together? What did you have to do to keep their attention? What about getting ready for that first date and the pressure that you were feeling? If you were married, think about your wedding day. Maybe the stress was high, your suit wasn't ironed well, or the bartender brought the wrong whiskey to the reception. But What about the other parts? How beautiful did your partner look? How handsome. Think about how your chest felt as you said your vows. What about when they did? What part of their vows really stood out to you? Feel your body now. Do you feel that love a little bit more? I bet you feel more connected to your partner now than when you started listening to this episode. Why? Because those memories are times of high connection. You were falling in love in these moments. You were creating your history, your story in these moments. And then at some point, we stop creating memories. We stop adding to our story. We get stuck in a pattern of monotony, which we disguise as keeping to a schedule. When was the last time you really had a positive change to your schedule? If anything, we add negative tasks to our schedule that take us from our time instead of adding positive tasks. You have work, your kids have school and extracurriculars, you have errands, you have a lot to do every day. Thankfully, we have our partners to rely on to get through these needs. That's the positive side of a schedule. It works for you to meet your needs and to meet your goals. This is one huge benefit of finding a partner, right? At some point, you can start wearing sweatpants in front of them. You may not buy a special outfit for your date nights anymore. You start burping or farting in front of them. <laughs> you get you get connected in a more vulnerable, open way. And this is a huge benefit of your partnership. And At the same time, this doesn't mean you can forget to feel more connected. In order to use this information effectively, think of having a schedule and having points of connection as separate points instead of balancing them against one another. So that's my first challenge. Think about your schedule and the quality time you create with your partner separately. Of course you're busy, I get it. I'm not saying that time isn't important, and I'm not saying your partner's ability to help you in these busy times isn't a huge help or a huge benefit of being with them. What I am saying is that your relationship has another side that needs to be brought into the spotlight a bit more. One side of your partner is the helpful side. They help take care of your children. They help run to the grocery store or to clean up the house or to help plan to get together with friends. Thankfully, it's a partnership. You do the same for them. This is one way of supporting one another. Let's call this the love side. Love is providing. Love is about caring. Love is about keeping one another safe and healthy. Love brings us joy. We love our friends. We love our family. And maybe you love to go golf. <laughs> your your love for your partner is different than your love of golfing, okay? Than your love of your family or even the love of your children. It has an added level and another side. Okay, and no, I don't want to hear you coming back at me saying, you said love golfing and children in the same sentence. <laughs> I know. Okay, we're all with it. Love. There's a different side that we can also bring to our partner. That other side is what makes them your lover. I'm not talking about just sex here. A lover is someone you can share your most intimate desires. A lover is someone who gives you butterflies. They make you feel unique and they make you feel special. They know your innermost circle. They know your body. They possess and give you the deepest form of connection, your lover. Now, I know this word is used a lot when talking about an affair or another relationship outside of your marriage or your partnership, Obviously, that's not what I'm implying, but rather the acts that are commonly or stereotypically associated with an affair should stay within your relationship. A lover is someone you are wanting to impress, it is someone you are dedicated to learning more about, someone you are curious about. A lover is someone who makes you feel special. A lover is someone that desires you and someone you desire. Your partner should be someone you love and should be your lover. All relationships are different. These words or uh, the examples that I'm coming up with are what I have created. What words or examples come to mind for you? What makes your relationship special? Run with that. That's part of your specific and unique connection. So if there's something here that wasn't quite enough for you and you're like, Emily, no, I need more run with that or if there was something that was a bit much run with that too okay you are the expert in your relationship so coming back we need to keep dating our partner because that's the foundation of love that's what builds your connection in the first place we need to keep adding to that foundation to keep your love strong you add to that foundation by making memories living to add stories about your love about your connection do something that makes you nervous again like the first time you met or your first big date maybe that is a new adventure or a new challenge to do something together learn a new hobby or even just learn something that your partner is good at challenges can be an awesome tool for connection when we are nervous we are vulnerable with our partners again What if you aren't great at the activity? These moments create positive points of connection if you are willing to be open, vulnerable and willing to try something new with a positive mindset. It's okay if this new activity doesn't go perfect. That's just, you know, an additional point and another level to that story. So about that story, I have a personal one to share. My husband has always been really interested in cars and really it's something that connects him to his family, specifically his, his father and his brother. And for years, they would travel to do performance driving schools and it got to the point where for years, my husband was like, hey, when are we going to go to the next professional driving school? You know, I see this time or that day or whatever. And they kept having excuses, you know, uh, the car's not ready or, you know, I want to tweak this or that on the car, whatever excuse. And after a few years of these excuses, he kind of hinted that maybe he wanted somebody to go with him. (laughs) He said, you know, I'm finally going to go. I love to do this. I would love if somebody went with me. Like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) I guess I've picked up on it. It's like, okay, man, I guess guess I'll go. So there was, uh, for our local car club, an autocross school. Now, the problem is I... I have never done it before. I was not comfortable driving the car. It's a manual. (laughs) It was a a BMW M Roadster, and this thing had some kick. It had some awesome horsepower, and trying to learn how to drive a manual in that was intense. And I'm like an adult. Like this, (laughs) you know, it's like, oh man, what am I doing here? We would go up to the high school and practice. And I had two weeks to try to learn how to drive this car. So when I go to this car club race, I actually somewhat don't embarrass myself. Okay. (laughs) Now, the first day, I was a nervous wreck. I was, I kept thinking, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to make like a fool of myself. I'm thinking the worst. And then I got on the track. Yeah. A blast! I <laughs> I loved it. I think I stalled it once, um, like right at, it was like at the start. I think I I think I killed it at the start, uh, but other than that, everything went great. I ha- had the best time, and it turned into an activity that we shared together, and it still is an activity that we look forward to doing together. Now, I went into it initially with a really positive mindset, and when I first started, I got nervous, and I let those nerves get the best of my mental state, and thank goodness I got past that because now it's a point of connection. It's something that we have that I will never forget that time on that track, and I know he won't either. And now the challenge is, what's the next autocross? What's the next thing that we can do to continue to build these positive memories? So make little times of connection. How many of you know the day of your first date? Man, I wish I could remember ours. I know it was in the fall, uh, but I don't know the exact date. If you don't, that's okay too. Can you make new ones? Anniversaries are a fabulous example of creating new memories. You have the memories of the wedding or other important events. So use this as an inspiration to have a date night. The anniversary is a set date, so you automatically have the time set for you. From here, you just have to try something and see if it sticks. There isn't pressure here to make the memory happen, but instead be inspired to connect. And that will automatically start creating more memories for you. I once had a client who has a really great example of this. When they got married, they had three kids. And when their kids were old enough to start having birthday parties with friends from school, they found that scheduling these birthday parties Was incredibly stressful. So they have one birthday party to invite all the kids from class. (laughs) Everybody has to come. And then they had another event uh, just for family. They had a pretty big family, so combining that into one just really seemed impossible for them. So they had two birthday parties in one week. And they decided that the week after their child's birthday, had a date night just for them how cool is that on top of that they used that child's unique personality to inspire their date so i remember one of their children was like an artistic really artsy girl she loved to draw she loved to paint um even in how she expressed herself like her attire was always very artsy very colorful So the week after her birthday, they would try to do something artsy. Like maybe they went to a art museum. Um, I know one time they did like a paint and sip and it was just such a great time for them to connect. Those memories can create new memories. They use the inspiration of their child as a point of connection. What a beautiful process. And it worked really well for them to have multiple quote-unquote anniversaries. So this brings me to my last point. The importance of our memories and how a negative present and a negative future can then also impact our past. If you don't know about my practice, I utilize two theories most in my work with clients. First, I use solutions-focused couples therapy, and I also use Gottman therapy. This theory was created by doctors John Gottman and Julie Schwartz Gottman. Um, they have a book. It's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. It's by John Gottman and Nan Silver. In this book, they discuss some research from their love lab. This research has helped them understand the likelihood of success in marriage and the prediction of divorce. One predictor of divorce are bad memories. In completing this research, they found that couples who are experiencing negative emotions or thoughts in the relationship get to the point where they rewrite their past. They change their positive memories to negative ones. Or in another way, they put a negative lens on their relationship's past. From this information, we can learn the importance of connection, the importance of positive interactions often, as well as being mindful of how our present can change our previous happy memories. Instead of talking about how meaningful your vows were, your partner might focus on that horrible bartender or how terrible the whole event was to plan. Continuing to build on your connections and create positive new memories helps maintain those positive memories from the past. Do this in hopes of decreasing one of the predictors of divorce or separation. Your relationship isn't over until you say it's over. So even if you can relate to this last point I discussed, you're still here. You're still with your partner. Reconnecting takes work. Really, it takes hard work, but you can do it. Continue searching for the right tools that work for you and you can get there. All in all, you fell in love with your partner and you still want to feel in love. You want to feel that longing. You want to feel that drive. You need that desire and you need to be desired. This comes when you continue to feed it. If you starve this aspect of your relationship, we are people and people are resilient. We learn to live and maintain a life that we don't want. If you want that passion, you have to feed it. Give your relationship that fire. Light that damn match. Go on a date. Go pick up your favorite wine. Go back to uh, the first place of your first date. Or go all out and do a vow renewal. Keep feeding that love. Keep feeding your lover and keep connecting to help your relationship thrive. In recording this episode, I'm inspired too. I'm inspired to connect with my husband in a unique way. We met when we were young. Maybe I can use that for some inspiration. What about you? What about your past inspires your fire and your passion now? Push to be inspired and I bet It will push your partner to do the same. We'll talk soon, guys.